Welcome back to another episode of the Strength and Speed Podcast. I'm your host, Strength and Speed owner, Evan Preparis. And I've got a guest with me on the line, though. Before we get to him, though, a quick word from this episode's sponsor. This episode is brought to you by Yolked. If you're looking for a nutritional product that uh, has clinical trials over three times the reported muscle growth, you can check out Yolk. They taste super good. It's fertilized egg yolk made into a powder. You can sprinkle it on your yogurt, add it into your protein shaker, just eat it straight out of the packet. I like the last version, just eating it straight out of the packet. It tastes really good. If you've been to Savage Race, you may have had a couple samples of it. And if you want to order some, you can use code STRENGTH20, and that code is always good for 20% off. All right, let's get to today's guest. Joining me, I have... Joshua Coyhagen. Joshua, say hi. What's up, brother? How's it going, man? Good. Josh is a pretty big name, and I'm, I'm really excited to have him on. He is the current welterweight champion for Karate Combat, a uh, full-contact uh, karate tournament that's airs on YouTube. So um, we're going to get to some of his background. We're going to talk about what Karate Combat is, talk about crossover points with obstacle course racing, and he's got a major fight coming up. We wanted to get him on the podcast and Talk to him about that, and uh, yeah, so he's got some other pretty pretty interesting backstories. So, Josh, why don't we start off just telling us a little bit about who you are and kind of how you got ended up into the, the world of full contact karate fighting? Uh, yeah, man. So I grew up in martial arts. I kind of learned to walk in the dojo, so to speak. My dad's a black belt. Both my grandparents are black belts. Um, so it was kind of in the blood. He's always doing it, always training. I, I can almost refer every moment of my life to what belt I was or, or what championship I was trying to win, at least in karate. But then I got into, um, as I got a little older, I fell in love with football and uh, played college football. Kind of got away from it a little bit, but always competed pretty regularly. Um, and then, uh, so got into MMA. There was really no um, professional karate league at, uh, that I, I could do. So it was, I was just jumping into MMA. MMA was getting big. It was probably 2011, maybe, or a little bit earlier. I got started in MMA. Did that for some years. And, uh, you know, so I opened up a gym 2011, too, to pretty much kind of do what you were doing, just do what I love to do, train people to do martial arts. Um, and uh, so I got going and, and started out pretty good at my MMA career and the business doing well. And um, as I kind of pushed more and more and tried to have higher goals um i uh uh, realized how hard it was to do both so probably around 2017 2018 um i realized i was gonna have to put one aside i wasn't gonna be able to to fight at the level i wanted to fight at compete with all the jujitsu and the grappling i'd um taught martial arts pretty regularly so i had the striking pretty not down you always got to get better Mm -hmm. but i was just having some trouble um kind of meeting all the boxes for for MMA. I was having to bring in people and having to go places to train, um, outsourcing some training because I just wasn't a big grappler. And so I had to make the decision whether I was going to keep the gym and uh, or keep the career. And I put my MMA career aside. Um, kind of felt like um, that's what I was called to do. It was a, I did it begrudgingly maybe is a good word. Uh, I prayed about it and felt like uh, God was – sharing or telling me that i had a lot of people in my gym a lot of a lot of cool stories people would come over uh, come out of addiction some families kind of brought together in fact we had one family that was really started at the gym they met in the gym they had kind of had uh fell in love you know got married had kid we had a gym family it was just a lot of people that were affected by the gym and i felt like it was i couldn't let them down i couldn't let that go so i put my career aside and um kept the gym rolling and pushed into it um, I was dating who is the, the, the woman who's now my wife. Um, she helped me and we kind of got it back on track. And then maybe about a year and a half later, um, a friend calls a guy I'd competed against karate with my whole life. And he calls and says, Hey, you want to, you want to go to Budapest and fight in a, a full contact karate match? And I was like, well, of course, free trip to Budapest. <laughs> I was a man and I'd still train pretty regularly. I have an MMA fight team out of my gym. So I was still training. I'm the striking coach, so I, I stay striking all the time. And it was just almost when I when I got there and I saw it and I heard about it, it was all new. It was literally the first time ever. It was it's called Genesis. It was the first fight ever they were just adopting. It was pretty big skill even at that point. Um, they had pretty pretty awesome money. We fought in this crazy pit. I, I just fell in love and almost in that mo- moment I feel like God put it on my heart, like or just kinda showed me, you know, I thought I was putting myself aside. Um 
for for other people and, I, and maybe I, I was a little bit but I, god had something bigger for me and so i thought it was really cool it was almost like this is what i was meant to be if i'd have kept doing mma i'd have never even considered doing it and and now i'm the the world champion you know it's it's really really cool my gym's doing well and so um that's kind of my my karate combat uh um birth story man it, it was it's been a pretty awesome journey yeah that's that's wild so uh, I want to jump into a little bit more about Karate Combat and what it is specifically for our listeners who may not who may not be tracking. But I want to jump back in time real quick to MMA career. So, you know, in an obstacle coursing, our sport, people are always trying to – the, the the money opportunities are fleeting, and they it's really not enough to do it full-time, right? Like you, you need to have a side career or something else going. So talk to me a little bit about – real quick about pro MMA and like – you know, because I think people see pro, hear the word pro MMA and they picture, oh well, you know, Conor McGregor's rolling around in millions of dollars <laughs> there, and it's like, well, yeah, there's a lot of levels. <laughs> you know, like yeah, so, for sure. What what does like pro MMA look like at the at the earliest levels or uh, whatever level you is eventually reached? Yeah, so man, you're right on. You're, you're hitting it right on the cue, man. You it really, you're not, you're not gonna be. You can say you're a pro fighter, but I mean, it's just basically, you go to a level where you're getting paid. Yeah. But it's not going to pay the bills um, for quite a long time. Teaching and your uh, private training, and I would say even almost even up into the UFC, a lot of the guys that are even in the UFC, the lower scale UFC, um, have other jobs. Uh, so I was almost funding my my career to be a pro fighter through the gym. It was kind of almost they they were kind of interchangeable, interchanging. So that's kind of what I'm in. I almost so like to go and man it, it's just a it's a hard as you, man it sounds just like ocr you know it's <laughs> it, man you, you go and you're traveling and, and the training and the work you're putting in i mean it's it's full time but it, you're not going to get a full-time pay you know these That's the right. money the 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 money's going to be kind of few and far between and there are big paydays you, you know when you get in maybe you get a good fighter or something like that but um but it's still you know it just gets you to the next one um so it is it's a it's a tricky thing it's something that you you know, I have lots of people come into the gym and say, "I want to, I want to be a pro fighter." And 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 the first thing I'm going to ask them is like, "Well, cool. Don't quit your day job. But do you have a job? Because um, you're not going to be getting paid doing this for a very, very, very long time in terms of being able to take care of yourself, especially ones with guys with families and stuff like that." So, man, it's it's a tough road. It's, um, and it's it's passion driven. It's a it's a hobby that you could get paid for, but it's not going to yeah. pay your bills for. For up until you know the the, the top two or three percent of it um of these athletes yeah no absolutely absolutely good points there so yeah you mentioned a friend reached out about karate combat and again that sounds like also sounds like ocr we a lot of times we'll find out about like career or not career like obstacle course racing has been on tv a couple times usually in like a game show type of format and a lot of times i found out about that stuff through the um through personal channels where it's like, Hey, this producer reached out to person X who knows the obstacle course racing community. And then it spreads throughout the community. Like, Oh, you should, you should apply for the show, whether it be, um, you know, broken skull ranch or a million dollar mile, uh, two of the ones that have been on TV that uh, only lasted a couple of seasons, but American Ninja Warrior has been on for, we're up to seasons. We just filmed season 16. So that one's been on for a while. So people generally know where that one is and where to, where to go and get connected into that one. But let's talk about Karate Combat. Explain to people who've never seen it, and uh, for those of you who haven't seen it, it's a f- it's available for free on YouTube, and that's how I found it because I refused to pay for for UFC because it's really expensive. <laughs> I understand? And, yep. And then I was like, "Oh, this is great!" I was like, "This is free. This is amazing." So like, I stumbled onto it after um, kind of picking up martial arts a little bit later <laughs> in life. So explain to people what the rules are and kind of uh, what it looks so, like. Yeah. Man, I think if you're if you should you should check it out it's really it's really it's awesome i think especially if you are an mma fan um and, and you may be an mma fan who gets a little frustrated when things go to the ground and then kind of stall out and, and maybe there's a lot of wrestling obviously i'm in the game and i, I can understand that and I, I get it and and i'm a fan of even that the grappling but for the most part um so basically it's based off the the sport karate rules just in a full contact league so you can do well, now they've added knees in, and they're making it. It's it's almost almost completely MMA without the submissions. So you can take down, and if you take down and you remain up, 
um, like a sweep or you stay up, you got five seconds of ground and pound, and then they'll stand you back up. And that's kind of a, a play off the karate, sport karate rule where you can take down and follow up and score somebody on the ground. You get hit and you'll get a point or three points. It depends on which organization you're for. So you can score when somebody goes to the ground or you can take them down. So there are some sweeps and takedowns and with some five, five seconds of ground and pound, and then it's back up. But other than that, it's knees, punches, kicks. Um, we fight in uh, gi pants and a belt, uh, no shirt, no shing, just basically MMA gloves. Um, and it's just pretty much like, I don't know if you, how many uh, old school karate fans you got in here, but it's, man, it, it almost reminds me of blood sport. Honestly, the pit we fight in <laughs> a really, a really cool kind of almost an MMA version of karate. You have to be a black belt in karate. It's really some of the highest level karate tech. Um, practitioners all over and some of them have gone to mma you know the, um and 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 i think a lot of guys especially guys like me you know that are now funneling back now you know obviously wrestling is king in, in mma if somebody can take you down and hold you down your, your roundhouse kicks your kicks your skills your striking skills they're no and so um that gets frustrating uh at least you know obviously for for a striker so it, it really kind of alleviates that and you get to go in you get to really spend a lot of time doing what you want there's like we're fighting in a pit wall. It's got 45 degree edges. You could jump off of it sideways, and really, it, it's built around, I believe, just having fun striking. You can kick a punch, and of course, it's uh, you're you're looking for knockouts. It's 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 pretty uh intense in terms of the the power, and and very similar to MMA in terms of the striking. Yeah, no, the striking is yeah. great. It's it's absolutely great to watch. It's exciting, and the the pit is it's just kind of a cool visual. Um, you know, those slanted sides. And then occasionally, like, guys will use the edge of the pit to, like, do, like, jumping kicks and stuff like that off it, which is pretty interesting to watch. Um, so definitely check yeah, it out a, if you haven't seen it. Yeah, it's a cool new dynamic, you know, and things, you know, as it's going. So that's two, maybe 2018, five, so maybe five years old. And now, so immediately when I came home, I started assembling my own pit wall. So I've got a chance to play on it. But more and more, um, as guys get into it and, and, and it gets bigger and bigger, you're going to start seeing some dynamic moves off the pit wall because it really does kind of create a, a, a super unique dynamic. It's, it's better than jumping off the cage wall. Um, you, you have a little bit more lift with that 45. It's harder. Um, so you can get some spring, man. There's some cool stuff that's coming. Uh, uh, that I know that's just on the, the verge of, of kind of popping up. You know, Raymond Daniels, if anybody's a big fight fan, they, he, uh, the Karate Combat just signed him uh, maybe a year ago. And he's... Yeah. Known as the human highlight reel, he's got all some of the greatest um, knockouts and in, and in, kickboxing and MMA history, and uh, so he's in the game. So I mean, he's going to raise the level of of the the technical diversity of strikes and stuff like that, man. So it, it's going to be there's it, only more to come. So I'm excited about it, even as a fan. Yeah, he's super entertaining to watch. I was really enjoying a couple of his fights. Um, he's he's pretty up. He's getting up there in age too, and he's still he's still throwing down yeah. pretty hard. Yeah, he, uh, I, and he I, looks I, good too. He looks really good. Like he looks sharp, man. He really does. And he's in my division, so you know, obviously, got my eye on him. In fact, my next opponent is uh, the only one that's beat him in the pit. So uh, Rafael yeah, he's a uh, he's the what they what we call the karate goat. He is the best sport karate person of all time. Got the most awards, and, and I mean, he's legit. He's the only guy that's beat Raymond. Mm. Um, so that's who I'll be uh, stepping in there next with. Yeah, I want to talk about that fight in a second, but uh, first, uh, let people know what your karate combat uh, record is currently. So I am six and two, actually. So uh, I lost really my first one after after the very first one. Fell in love, kind of got in there overly confident, and uh, got knocked out, got floored, and so then I got to work, and I was uh, kind of plugging. I was hitting them. Was like, don't don't you decide who's the welterweight. Uh, who's going to be that welterweight championship yet, yeah, you know? So I ended up going on a little two-fight win streak, beating the best guys that I felt like were in the league. So I honestly convinced them to do a four-man tournament. Right? They were going to still pick two other ones to do the first inaugural um, welterweight championship. And I convinced them that they weren't ready. I said, you need to do a four-man tournament and get me in. And so I ended up uh, getting in and winning it. And won um, I'm, I was the first uh, welterweight ever still still holding it. And the only other fight I've lost is the last one. It was a super fight. I went versus the lightweight champ. It was a champ versus champ match, and yeah. lost a, a close I'll, decision. I'll, I'm gonna jump. I'm gonna jump in there. So that was actually the last fight I watched, and I actually stopped watching for a while <laughs> because of that fight. 
because you were you destroyed him in rounds four and five <laughs> and like i was like i'm pretty sure you at least won one of the first three and then they gave I the thought... decision to him and i was visibly <laughs> i looked more upset than you did on tv and i was like what in the this is, like, this is bull and i was like all right i'm done for now so um yeah yeah so i really like what they do and, and this is where i really think they miss it i understand some you, you can't leave it in the judge's decision i did i felt I felt like I won the fight, maybe not the match. There was, you know, it's a 10-point must system like boxing and some things happen. But when there's a split decision or, or any kind of non-majority decision or non-unanimous decision, there's a chance for an extra round. And I thought for sure that they, they should have given us that one. And, and if they'd have given us that one, I would have um, would have finished him, I know. And so uh, they didn't give us that extra round. That's where I was most upset. But, but of course, you know, um, it, it was all good. No, no worries. I didn't lose my belt. He didn't lose his. But yes, I agree. Uh, it was a tough decision, tough one to take. But you know, you live, you learn, and you you uh, you, you hold the cards to not let the judges make the yeah. decision. So I'm I'm not tripping, but uh, ready. That that one's fired me up for this one. Who's you know this this is a bigger match, and now now my focus is all on the next one. Yeah. So let's talk about that one. Uh, when is it? Where can people watch? Uh, tell us a little bit more about your opponent. Etc. Cool. So it's June twenty fourth. Um, it is. Uh, so it's in Miami. If you're near Miami, you should go. I don't. I've been fought. So I fought for Bellator. Been to some UFC events. Um, fought in all kinds of MMA uh, venues and things like this. I'm not sure. I don't think that there is a better venue or a place to watch a fight than Karate Combat. They. It's a, just a, a just a party. It's a, exciting. It's unique. There's no cage. You almost, you're right by the fight. It's just really cool. So if you're near Miami, you should check it out. June 24th. Like you said, you can also watch it on uh, um, YouTube and karate.com. So there's also that they have a karate uh, combat app that you can get. And as soon as you get it, they, they give you tokens. And you can actually um, basically wager your tokens to on fighters. And you can build up. Um, more tokens and honestly that helps you vote and honestly I, I believe that that's even a majority of ownership in the company it's pretty crazy the unique things they're doing with some, some cryptocurrencies so you, man you could really dive in and they're 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 pretty advanced in a bunch of different ways things that are far beyond uh very simple-minded myself uh but it's really really cool um karate.com youtube and uh the app are, are i think the main streaming sources but they uh, i think they allow any streaming source you can stream it any which way you want and they're just really uh trying to get it out there and they're um focused on their their, their kind of crypto things that like i said there's a lot of more um smarter marketing people behind it than me but man there's just tons of ways to watch it and it's always free yeah and it, it, it was good some of the earlier seasons they had like essentially green screen and they created these like wild digital backdrops so if you're watching from your home you're like I mean, it looked absolutely crazy. Like floating, they're floating above. You it know, was crazy, dude. I fought giant pits fighting in space and stuff. It was time travel. It was it was pretty pretty wild. It was nuts, man. And I tell you, it was even crazier. So those were great to watch. Those were super weird to fight in because it was literally a big warehouse with just green screen, uh, green sheets completely around that. We were basically fighting in a green building. It looked not a whole lot of people around. They. The way it turns out looks so cool. The way we were fighting, it almost feels like we were just kind of in a warehouse with, you know, uh, <laughs> just a whole bunch of like selling some blank uh, green blankets or something. It was just kind of crazy. Yeah, and for fight fans, they have like uh, Boss Rutan and uh, Stephen Wonderboy Thompson and GSP have been on, you know, sideline announcers and kind of interacting at various points throughout the uh, past couple of seasons. So some big big names in there. Uh, that are people are familiar with from the MMA world. Yeah, some of the coolest ninjas in the world. It's cool to just even get to meet and hang out with those guys. I've become a big, uh, a pretty good friend, of, and obviously I've always been a big fan of Boss Rutan. But yeah, you know, he's legend. Good, yeah, he's awesome. I get we text every now and then. Well, I'm gonna go. I'll go see him and do some different things with him. Um, so I'm a, also a brown belt in Bang Muay Thai, which is uh, Dwayne Ludwig's style of Muay Thai, and Dwayne studied under Boss Rutan, so he's basically the sensei to the sensei uh, mm. in Muay Thai. so just really cool um just to get to spend some time with him he is every bit uh as cool as you would expect him to be in person nice T talk to me a little bit about your training 
let's say like let's talk a little bit about off-season training or like sure. I, I don't have a fight coming up in the next couple of months and then when does it switch into you know fight specific prep and then take me through sure. like what that looks like so you know i i'm constantly sharpening and so that's you know day to day and that's nice because i, I do run the gym and own the gym and and teach uh, striking every day. I have my own guys, even if I don't have a fight. I have guys that are um, preparing for fights. So we're, we're constantly sharpening, and we're trying to work on the mental game and even, you know, the spiritual and mental side of it, too. You know, we do Bible studies. And so there's this constant sharpening that I think, you, you as you know, OCR, you, you can't get too far out of your your um, killer mode. Right. Um, and that's always, if I had to say it, kind of explain it into a schedule. So twice a week. I want to get very. I want to get to that what I call the dark place. I want to get uncomfortable. I want to get to the place where I want to quit and have to keep going. So if I can, anytime, twice a week, uh, I'm doing that. So a lot of times it's a Saturday workouts. We kind of have some OCR guys too, and so we get into those long runs, hour and a half workouts with lots of obstacles, lots of work, lots of kettlebells, mm-hmm. movements, just. Basically, that place where you want to throw up. I try to at least once a week, but almost always twice a week, I'll I'll get there. And when I get into camp mode, um, really to be honest, that that thing doesn't really change. I stay pretty consistent two or three times a week, but then I'll just really ramp up the other stuff, the cardio, um, and really uh, a lot more live work with my coach. I so I am the the head coach where I am at. I now have a boxing coach, a striking coach, lives about an hour away, so I'll travel two three times a week to go see him he'll come see me so it really kind of tightens everything down so i like to stay always in that um battle ready shape almost all the time um i've gotten out of it before and i just find that it's tough to get back into it but um so i'm I'm always finding ways to be uncomfortable even if i'm not in 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 fight mode or in fight camp but then when it gets into camp mode i take all that energy that i I should have and built up and i just want to focus it on maybe a certain few different tasks, um, whether it's, you know, straightening out my punches, more punch cardio, uh, a certain little feet working segment where I know that this is going to be something that will offset there. Uh, I'll just kind of take a few things and just sharpen it. I love Bruce Lee's quota. I don't fear the man that practices a thousand kicks once. I fear the man that practices one kick a thousand times. Mm-hmm. So get build the tank, build the gas up all the time, and then – when it gets into fight mode, I'm going to take that gas tank and I'm going to just try to rip out maybe three to five things in terms of whether it's a skill or even a certain move or, or, or a certain combination or, or even just maybe just work in my boxing specifically or maybe my kicks specifically. But I'm going to take three or four things depending on the opponent and I'm just going to try to um, kill those things and sharpen those things um, so I can be really good. Gotcha. Yeah, and you mentioned going to the dark place kind of twice a week, and uh, for a lot of in- endurance or uh, you know cardio training, that's essentially what we recommend with the VO2 max and lactic threshold workout. So you, two of your workouts a week are typically hard slash uncomfortable slash you know at some point I'm like, uh, I don't want to do this this week. Um, yeah. So that's a well, and no, the, go for it. I was just gonna say that's good to know. I love it. To hear, you know, some some other people and some maybe some science backing things. Cause yeah, do as much research, but that that yeah, cool. Go ahead. And then, and then on top of that, like mentally, I, you can't go you can't go into the deepest darkest place every workout, right? Like it's just it's exhausting, right? Like it's just it's just not something feasible that you can do. Nor is that nor does your body respond well to that. If I'm if I'm you know maxing yeah. out at every single workout, right? It's just your body doesn't adapt. That's not the way the human body develops. Um, you know, cardiovascular capability is not the way it develops muscle memory. And, um, you know, if you're doing these like super hard workouts, a lot of times your form starts to degrade, eh, start to break down. Right. And if, uh, if I'm practicing with shitty form, then, you know, I'm going to build bad reps, uh, like the the Bruce Lee quote was saying. Right. So. Cool. So how, how early in advance of a fight do you start kind of like dialing, dialing things into like the fight specific stuff? So I think eight weeks is probably the best or the most common. Um, if I can, 10 weeks, you know, if I know, if I have the, the, the opponent, or, I mean, most of the time I'll, I'll kind of start knowing when I want to fight and I know the schedule. And so I'll know when it's coming, but I think eight weeks is really the, 
the the focus point where all right i'm in camp mode where things change i'm i'm not gonna drink any beer but diet's gonna change everything's gonna start revolving around the 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 war mode discipline um and so that's where i like to kind of stay in that eight week mark this one um it's one of my simple uh, i wanted to start early it's a bigger fight it's, it's the biggest fight of my life so I, I i started maybe even a little bit earlier than 10 weeks um mm -hmm. but said you know um uh, you want to peak at the right time you want to be sharp at the right time just like you said the more the more i get excited about fights you know the more i do want to turn it up turn it up and then you know you, you get that fatigue spot uh you know you kind of get that lull in your action so i want to be kind of sharp mentally too so um there's there's some times in in there that I, I sometimes i'll just take a few days off and i'll just you know i'll rest for those few days especially spend some time with my family I have three little girls three little precious angels so uh, kind of just take some time with them and just spend a couple of days with them and almost forget about the fight. Literally just not, uh, it's hard obviously, but uh, I'll just, I'll just let it all go and, and then I'll get back and man, I love coming back after that. Those, those few days right after usually are some of my sharpest days. Um, almost cause I go in real humble thinking, oh crap, I shouldn't have done that. I shouldn't have almost always same thing. Like, oh, I shouldn't have took that break. I, I'm, you know, I'm going to come back. I'm not going to be in great shape. I'm not going to be ready. And, man, I don't know why, but I always feel really good and do really well after that break. So, Yeah, I mean, cool. your, your body gets better in the recovery from the stress during the training, right? So that's um, scientifically, I mean, it makes it makes sense. You come back stronger. And, again, men mentally, obviously, that, that plays a large role, too. Um, it, plays, it plays a large role in fighting. It plays a large role in obstacle course racing, right? Lining up, competing against other guys. Uh, talk to me about just kind of the mental preparation or the mental, your mindset kind of going into uh, any of these karate combat fights. So, you know, without the, the physical, you know, going to the dark place too, I have those a couple times a week, but uh, I always take cold showers. Um, so I try to, anytime I can, where if I know something's maybe a little healthier, uh, but it's maybe a little bit more miserable. It's not too bad here in the South Louisiana heat in the summertime, but especially wintertime um, training camps, you know, the cold shower is brutal. So, you know, anytime I do that, there's times where I'll just sleep on the floor. Um, I just, I think that we, we, we function a little better and struggle this past year. Uh, and really the year that I won the championship, um, you might hear my little daughter who just creeped into the room with me. Uh, um, but uh, so I have my, also a 10 month old. And so sleep is something um, that I don't get a lot of. You know, me and my wife kind of take turns off, off and on waking up with our, our little girl who's, who's a chunk. She doesn't miss a meal. So she's going to wake up every three hours to get her food um, or, or her whatever she's going to be taking in. Uh, so uh, that's been kind of tough. But I'll, I'll even say if I could do a little quick little testimony on that. Uh, my. Uh, second one my middle child was very much the same way she woke up quite a bit and the day before that four-man tournament i told you about to fight to be in the championship it was potentially supposed to be four two fights in two days um we ended up having a gap in between because the other side that the winner got hurt in his match so we had to put put it off but that before that fight the first fight um two days before i couldn't sleep at all um which is kind of crazy uh, two days before, you know, usually the night before the fight, I, I, I can't sleep much. I get excited. Um, and that's not always optimal, but still. So two days before, I couldn't sleep. Uh, Alexa's screaming at us. Uh, two days before, um, I couldn't sleep. So I was like, all right, cool. Weight cut day. I'm going to cut weight. And I'm going to finally crash the night before I fight. I'm going to get some good sleep. Um, so I'm fighting sleep all the way through, all the way through. Um, want to sleep all that whole day, take a nap. But no, 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 I'm not going to do it. Get to weight, make weight, go eat ready to go home and crash or go to the hotel and crash and that, again for whatever reason i just can't sleep so i probably got three hours of sleep the two nights before um my, to the day was my biggest fight to that day um so i was freaking out a little bit that next day and i was just kind of praying and kind of being in my meditation place you know just kind of trying to trying to get the mind ready i just got kind of put on my heart i feel like you know the spirit just told me hey look you, you got a, a a 12 month old you got a baby that hasn't slept in a year you haven't slept in a year you've been functioning off three hours of sleep on weeks many times and so it really almost kind of gave me confidence like i've been doing this so 
now again with another baby doing the same thing where I'm training as hard as I can. Um, that last fight when I fought Rosha that you watched, uh, I was right after she was born, so I had some injuries because I wasn't getting the sleep in. But man, those things, when things go wrong, I know my next opponent, He's he's got a good, he's a millionaire, he's got a nutritionist, he's got it. Man, he's he's at that level where he's got he's got everything planned out for him, and I'm honestly I feel like that's a a downfall for him. He's not living in the struggle. He's not yeah. you know, going mow the yard on his only day off. He's not getting six, six hours of sleep some two three days in a row. You know, total. Um, so it's the whole, I, it's I, the whole Rocky I, Three. Uh, it's yeah, like what Rocky man. Three was all about. You know. Yeah, exactly. So embracing the struggle, you know, I love the eating the scripture. You know, Paul says, you know, take joy in the struggle. I mean, we obviously understand it. You know, it running and and, and training for your OCRs. You know, it's the it's the uncomfortable that makes you stronger, and Absolutely. you know that's where endurance comes from. So, man, I I really have so many little things now, little little babies that keep me up. That you know want little things and 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 running a business and all these things like that where I used to stress about it and now i look at it all as a joy yeah. i think these are all things that help me fight better and be ready be ready for anything that could possibly happen in that phase so these are a little bit of the the things that i like to just even embrace more in camp mode yeah yeah it's fun it's funny to hear like all those you know sometimes you see someone on tv or you see someone on you know in you forget they're like real people with with all the normal struggles and all the normal life happenings you know and i think everyone there's a lot of people who pull in an obstacle will put races off be like well this is not a good year because of x y or z and like honestly i found that almost like there's always something that's coming up right like i always have oh i I got i got you know i'm I'm still active in the military right so i've moved several times during my like racing quote-unquote career um so like my wife's like are we really gonna do a race in the middle of a move i was like yeah yeah, it's fine like it's a quick (laughs) We're just down for the weekend. We'll be back, and she's like, "You're ridiculous." I was like, huh? "So, um, yeah, just, just the yeah, it's cool. I love it. you're right on, man. I, I think just in, it's, the the obstacle is the way, you know. Uh, it's, it's not in the way, you know. That just it's, it's but it's one of my favorite books. But I think it hits right onto the OCR. You know, it's it's the obstacle that make that makes you better. Uh, it, it ain't just the run. It ain't just the easy road. It is the, yeah. the obstacle. So I, I I've Learn to embrace that, especially as I've gotten older and 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 I've stressed out about things that I should I don't want to I I, I want to just take joy in my and spending time with my little girls, even though on my calendar in this moment I'm, I had a you know a six mile run penciled in you know what but my little girl calls in for sick and my you know calls and is homesick and my wife's got to go to work you know things like that you know I'm not gonna I'm not gonna complain I I did at times. But man, I, I'm just gonna take joy in all those little things, and, that, and then I do think that that makes us better. So you've mentioned uh, OCR a couple of times. Have you have you actually run any by any curiosity? Yeah, any yeah, chance? quite a bit. We have a, well, we have a pretty good little challenge team. We call them, and, okay. and so little Spartans and things like that. So I used to even so there's one local one here. It's just like called Reality Challenge. So okay, um, and uh, so there's. We own. I have a gym, like I said. So we have a pretty big fitness group, and uh, so we do. We have some obstacles that uh, we have it. built, and we have at, at our gym. And so we, so we took it as a challenge. As a crossfit was big, there's lots of gyms. There was a low track team, uh, gym. So I, I, I challenged them, and I'm, I'm just a competitor. So I said, hey, look, we're gonna do this. So we want to win it. So that you had your, t- you had a ten person team, and and fastest time. So we won it like four or five years in a row, and like nice. people were training. They were recruiting and getting other things, but we just we spend we spend all year in the struggle a little bit. We we do train very much like it for it, and so I wanted a couple of years specific, just me individually, but more more importantly, we were taking my normal people. I know one year they they got some of the track athletes and some other to try to beat us, and I was taking my fifty year old guys and and my forty year old <laughs> women that work out here, and we, we were still beating them because we just. We just live it, you know. We live it. It's not when I just we. Of course, we turned it on when it was coming closer, but we we trained it. In fact, we um we do a, a little our own little dragoon version. It's called it's called dragoon. We do our own little finisher. We got a couple little obstacle things. Laura, Hurricane Laura hit us in 2020. We haven't done it since then, uh, but we'll shake. We'll get back to it. And once we get everything 
completely rebuilt and everything we'll do it again but man we, we do our own thing man i love that i love, love that obstacle challenge man it, it's just really cool and it it the whole what i really love is it it's it's that kind of like for me i get to see that in a fight i get mm. to go over, i get to go through all this but um, most people ain't gonna sign up to fight but i think most people should not not to fight but to do the to to do obstacle course race to challenge yourself to go through uncomfortable to look up at a at an obstacle and think oh i can't do this and then force yourself to do it or have the team around you that holds you accountable to do it and then get to the other side man i can't tell you how many people i've just seen just lighten up after something that they just absolutely knew they couldn't do is what they were thinking and and then we we crush it or it crushes us and we made it through it whatever it is right. and it's my favorite thing to see people overcome their mind really and, and and most of the time that might be a you know a 30 foot cargo net yeah yeah i, I find the, the the contrast is what gives me a lot of happiness right like I enjoy spending time with my wife and kids more when I've also had a contrast of like crawling through mud for eight hours. Like I was two <laughs> weekends ago, right? Like, or training really hard in uh, like a martial arts gym and then coming yeah. back home to my family. Like that contrast is, it reminds me of how, it reminds me of how good the good times are. And I feel like um, over the course of my military career and then my obstacle course racing career and uh, more recently, some of my martial arts stuff, like, that I, I need for me personally, I need that contrast to really be able to like enjoy things fully. Um, I just think like food tastes better, you know, things smell better, you know, s spending time with your loved ones feels better. It's just, uh, yeah, yeah, good nah, man, you hit it right on the head. People ask me all the time, it's like someone they call me the preacher in, in karate combat, and I, you know, I do some youth pastoring here. Uh, I mean, I'm a, I'm a big jesus follower you know and i'm all about peace and love and people are like how 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 can you reconcile this you know you're you fight <laughs> people for a living it's like man so i compete and we compete in a very unique but weird way i guess it doesn't look like um you know maybe how jesus would compete but man i'm such a much more peaceful person uh, like you can't get you you i don't outside of maybe trying to attack or steal one of my babies I don't think you could even get me into a fight outside of uh, the gym, the dojo, or, or the pit. You know, it's just I have so much peace and so much calmness in life because of what the, the chaos that I, I voluntarily go through. So when it comes in life, it's just a little bit. It's like, oh, man, do this weekly. You know, this is a normal Tuesday. So. Awesome. So you you jumped right into my next question without me prompting you. So I was going to ask you, uh, your nickname is The Preacher. So uh, you said you got that primarily, is it primarily for the youth pastoring you've done? Or was there another? Yeah, another? so well, I was just, to be honest, I didn't, I didn't, they picked the nickname for me. They were just kind of asked at the very first, they loved the nickname thing. And um, and so they everybody's got the nickname. So they were just asking me about it. I was just telling them about my normal week. So I told them I was a, a youth pastor, uh, you know, uh, do some things and, and kind of goes through some different things like that. And they just, next thing I know, they were calling me the preacher, nice. but I, I, I like it. It's not what I probably would have picked, but I love what it's made me become. Like it all, I feel like it makes me want to embody that more. It makes me want to walk in that light more. So yeah, I'm all yeah, for you, it. You, you got to live it. You got, once it's your, the nickname, you got to live up to it. You know, <laughs> that's right. Yeah. Yeah. The pressure. Exactly. That's right. So it meant, you know, it's, it's nice too, you know. I, you know, I, I kind of boast in, in in my weakness. I kind of do the same thing, you know. I, I feel like I, this next fight, I, you know, I feel like God's got something to say. The last fight, you know, I I, I feel like he, I I get to give glory to God, you know, win or lose. It was one of those things that, you know, I had a lot of people holler at me after. It was like, man, you should have won that won that fight. I felt like you should have been more upset, but the way he responded was was so inspiring to me, you know. And to be honest, yeah. that's where that's where I was. I just wanted to make sure that, because uh, I've, you know, at that point I'd been on like maybe a five fight win streak, and I'd got to give glory to God in every victory, and it was, it was kind of humbling for me to like, hey, it didn't work out. It wasn't my plan. Of course, I was wanting to win and fighting to win, but man, I'm still so blessed. Like it was just like you couldn't take my. I just wanted everybody to know my. You can't steal my joy. You know, even <laughs> bad decision, you can't take it from me. I'm still good. Yeah. So. Yeah, I mean, so the what's interesting about karate combat is one the international feel they have versus 
Like I know when like UFC first started, and even now it's it's very there's a lot of Americans in there. When you yeah. turn on Karate Combat for the first time, it was like, what, are we there any Americans? And then like you'd see a couple, and you'd be like, oh okay, there's a couple. Um, but what what drew me to you specifically as an athlete was one, um, you know, obviously from America, uh, strong Christian base, and then the with Karate Combat in general, there's a lot less trash talking. It's a lot more you know more respectful in general, which I just appreciate um, as a, you know, I've got a eight-year-old girl and a four-year-old boy. So, you know, you know, sometimes I'm like, well, I shouldn't expose them. I don't really want to expose them to too much because, you know, there's a lot of like negativity around some of the UFC. But, you know, you mentioned how does uh, Christianity tie into martial arts? And I've had that same exact conversation uh, with my wife. Any other thoughts on that? I, I wanted to share some couple of thoughts afterwards. Man, I, I, I love it. Uh, I love the pursuit of, 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 of uh, maybe not perfection. That's what we're, we're called to do. Pursue perfection. But obviously unattainable, but through Christ we could do it. But that's what I think martial arts is. It's, it's a life changing thing. So at first some kids want to, they come into the gym, they want to learn how to defend themselves, whether it's, you know, it's kind of almost that, um, independence i want to be able to be strong and then more and more through martial arts you you understand that it's it's interdependence and it's about really serving it's about helping other people and and then you taking what you learn and and trying to love other people to look out for other people it's not about the bully and our man i think that's so the christian walk uh, yeah. it's, it's first to first to, to be filled to with the spirit of christ you know to understand that you are forgiven and you, you you have this love, this father that loves you so much and, and he's looking out for you. And once you have that and you have that safe ground, that foundation, you can start becoming better and becoming better. And, and that's great to become better. But I think even more so the call is to, to feed the sheep, to go and, and to live inter- interdependently and, and to go and help and serve. And I think, man, that's man, that's a dojo. If you walk into one of my, my Muay Thai classes or my karate classes, you're going to see um, – blue belts helping yellow belts you can see brown belts helping green belts it's it's really cool to see that kind of growth and as honestly becoming a black belt really just means you're you're ready to you know enough to really share and and to really start your journey but i mean i think that and ultimately that that's what we're trying to do we're trying to become stronger we're trying to become tougher not let circumstances bother not let stuff that happens bother us not let some rowdy kid uh mess you up and, and feel like you can't hey look man everybody needs needs something and, and as a martial arts i've never other than church and really school there's not many other places outside of a gym a dojo maybe a ocr training facility where you go to get better um and i think that they correlate so so much um, mm-hmm. going through the struggle um to become a better person to become stronger um it's just like i said the same thing one was five three you know take joy in that struggle that's what produces the endurance. That's what produces the hope, um, the character. Um, just like in the military, same thing. You know, I just uh, I love the connection between a true path, um, and, and the path is not easy. You know, the 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 road is there, narrow, and I, I man, I can't I can can relate it so much to to my path as walking as a Christian, and and to be honest, how much it's helped me, um, both sides, Christian becoming a martial artist, martial artist becoming a Christian. Yeah. No, I think you nailed it on a lot of the combative sports and dojo training and all, all that stuff. I think you, you nailed it from a, I'm gonna take a little different approach from a combative side. So I'm I'm like an assistant instructor under a brand called Tiga Tactics, which is focuses a lot more on like street self-defense. And um, I've done a bunch of readings with um, like uh, Tim Larkin's book, When Violence is the Answer. And uh, there's a couple other uh, books that I've read on the topic. And, you know, they're talking about there's like social aggression, which is like people fight, you know, posturing for p- position, whether it's like a bar fight or, um, and, and then there's a social violence, which is essentially someone who's like physically out to like hurt you. Like they're going to shank you, stab you. And they talk about how if someone thinks they're in a social aggression mode and the other person's in a social violence mode, how it can quickly, a bar fight can quickly turn into like a stabbing or a shooting. And, uh, the, kind of the whole point of it is like, Unless your life is in danger, you should walk away, even if it means you lose face in front of your friends or your peers or whatever. And to me, that is like the epitome of of Christianity, right? Like 
because people are people are fighting outside bars because it's ego driven and that's mm. not that's not a christian uh behavior it's um you should be being humble and you should um you know not necessarily care what others are thinking about you in that specific moment so uh to me that all the all the combative training and the um the ability to walk away from a fight because you know it's it's not worth the uh physical violence it's not worth the uh, emotional trouble and it's not worth the and, you know, especially in the 2020s, like legal and financial trouble that will probably inevitably follow and or retaliation from the other person. Uh, it makes it really easy to walk away from uh, conflicting from bad situations. So, yeah. Yeah, man, I love the way you said that. that that's that's a, it's a cool correlation that I, I, I haven't heard said as, as well said. I agree completely. That's yeah. so good. What's, what's funny is the the guys who started to get taxed, I think they're I think the the head one is I want to say he's Buddhist. He's not even Christian, and they're they're like going through their process, their like thought process, and all these things. And I'm like, this is like to me, this is like <laughs> this is Christianity. Like it's yeah, it's, it's in there deep. Um, but I'm not I'm not sure about the other one. But I'm, I think one of them is Buddhist. Uh, but it was you know he's, he's peaceful, so uh, yeah, it, it crossed over really well. And um, the other kind of interesting. So Tiga is Indonesian for three, which obviously like three has a lot of. Uh, they use three in all of their teaching methods, but obviously in, in Christianity, the Holy Trinity is. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So I thought, I thought that was pretty interesting. That's cool. Yeah. Man, I love that. What, what is it? That, so tell me, uh, what, what is the art or what, it, how, how could I find out more about what, what you specifically are, are training and what are you, what is it? That, so yeah, I'll, that I'll, I'll send you, I'll send you a link. So Tiga tactics, it's a, uh, so the, we've got a, it was founded by two cousins. One of them, um, they've both been training martial arts for like 20 plus years. Uh, they, one of them, uh, Conrad's got like essentially the equivalent of like eight different black belts, everything from like jujitsu to karate to uh, Muay Thai to like self like combative sports. And um, the other one's got essentially four equivalent black belts. And they basically, they looked at all of these different martial arts files and they're like, well, you know, if I was going to teach something to my wife, or spouse, or even anyone, or what? What would I use in a real life situation? So they started just taking from all these different uh, things they've trained, and they started shaving things down. And they're like, "All right, here's a couple of online courses for, um, you know, you know, basic self defense, how to get up from the ground, uh, essentially edge weapons type stuff. Like, um, you know, if you're in a situation, we just did a seminar a couple of weeks ago, uh, an edge weapon seminar, which is, you know, if someone's attacking you. You know, people are like, oh, well, I'll just pull my gun or pull my knife and defend myself. But the problem is you can't you can't pull your knife. You can't pull your gun if you if you don't have any sort of physical space and your life isn't threatened. Right. So you have there has to be a way to create space, maintain space. And then before you actually counterattack. So they they distill down all these processes to like very, very simplistic things. And then they they over the course of a weekend, they'll rep it a lot. So, um, you know, I've been to a lot of different seminars and you'll go into a seminar and a lot of times at like a different style of training, you've got like these super cool, complicated maneuvers, but it's like, well, that was cool. But like, I, I need still need to rep that a lot in order to be able to use it effectively. When you go into one of their seminars, they will be able, like you'll walk out a better martial artist or a better competitive uh, person at the, at the other end of the weekend. Cause they, they only teach a couple of things, but they rep it uh, repeatedly over the course of the weekend. So they've got online courses available. I got links all through my website in the fighting subsection for anyone who's interested in, uh, learning more and then josh i'll send you some off to the side hey yeah, man i'm excited yeah that's awesome that sounds i mean sounds right at my alley that's exactly how i like to teach too yeah good stuff all right well let's uh i want to be respectful of your time i know you got a family and uh busy trainings going on getting ready for the big fight so before we get going uh tell us something people would be surprised to know about you um so uh so one thing I really like, uh, you know, I kind of have a, a a little bit of a modern family. Parents were separated, but uh, one one thing I love, and I have my three little girls now, so I get to kind of relate to all of them. But at some point in my life, I was the oldest, the youngest, the only child, and the middle child. You know, at least the one living with my parent, whatever parent I, I was at the time. So I really, I really feel like that makes me kind of a, a, a dynamic dad a little bit uh, now that I have three girls have one laying right next to me uh right now uh so but i i love that yeah because i get really good to kind of um relate to all of them so i think that's really cool nice good stuff 
All right, well, let's give a – anything else we needed to cover? Did I say we were going to cover before we before we take off? I don't I don't think so. I think those are the big ones. Okay, let's start wrapping it up. Um, any final shout-outs you want to give friends, family, sponsors, et cetera? Um, so man, I got a lot, a lot of sponsors. So I won't, I won't list them all because I can't list any because I, well, if I don't list them all, but just uh, my family and my wife. Thank you. So right now, she's in the other room. Uh, she's with the baby sleep, kind of handling the rest. But she I couldn't do this without her. So big shout out to Morgan Quayhagen, my wife, and Casey Quayhagen, who's um very patiently laying right next to me, uh, ready to get a bedtime story. So thank you, little Casey Boo. Um, and, man, I appreciate you, man. This was awesome. I enjoyed this. Awesome. And for our listeners, you can head over to teamstrengthspeed.com. Got a couple of, if you enjoyed this episode, a couple of interesting stuff up there for you, for anyone who's listening. So uh, my documentary, the 24-minute movie, uh, is called Ultra OCR Man. It is available right off the main page of the teamstrengthspeed.com website. Uh, $10, you guys can check that out. Uh, Bobby Ross did a lot of great work on it. It covers two of my charity events I did to raise money for Folds of Honor, kids whose parents were killed or wounded in combat. Uh, please support that. And then if you want to know more about some of the um, kind of mindset slash uh, that it takes to compete in ultra endurance or some of my personal background in the military, so my biography is Ultra OCR Man, also available on my website, uh, hard copy, digital, and audiobook. And then my latest book is called On Endurance. Uh, So essentially I took podcasts from the last, you know, 150, 200 or so episodes, pulled out lessons learned, and used quotes and vignettes into like a step-by-step guide on how to improve endurance. So anyone uh, wants to check that one out. And then if you're interested in obstacle course racing, being competitive, the new Strengths and Speed Guide to Elite Obstacle Course Racing, easiest way to get that is on Amazon. If you want a signed copy, you can order off my website, though. And that is probably my best-selling book because it covers so much, everything from 5K OCRs all the way up to 24-hour OCRs and kind of workout plans and tips and nutrition tips and obstacle-specific tips, et cetera. Um, that's the one that I, I sell the most of off of uh, Amazon. All right. We're going to get going. Josh, thanks again for joining me. It was great talking to you. And uh, plug the fight one more time, and we will share links of the weekend of the fight on the strength and speed page as well. Yeah, man. Appreciate it, Evan. I'm a fan, man. I'm going to uh, check you, check you out more too. I'm excited to to read your books. I'm a, I'm a big book nerd. So um, I'm looking forward to that. So my fight, June 24th, um, karate combat, YouTube, karate.com. Um, lots of streaming online. I believe they do have Facebook stream. You can find it. If you just search karate combat, um, me versus Agayef trying to take on the goat. So um, if you're around Miami, should look into getting tickets i promise you you won't ever be disappointed going to one of the karate combat shows it's just a party um with some blood but you know it's all good um but yeah man i appreciate it man much love my friend all right well all right listeners we will catch all of you later